Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. I am just so excited to be here this afternoon. I can't even tell you. I mean, uh, you know, we see people start coming out, and I actually, before I get to get to the, I, I just want to check the slides. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, before I get to the rest of this message, uh, God gave me kind of a preamble, and I actually was receiving this because of celebrating Matt's birthday. Um, it was so awesome to be in the presence of family with the sun shining, with everybody kind of upbeat and happy, and we weren't all heavy, and and and. and the coronavirus and COVID-19 weren't the main subject, which was wonderful. I also, once again, I have to bless Jackie for um, really, really making it special by suggesting we worship. And I see that now among those of us who worship together a lot, we, 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 we've come so far. I mean, in the fact that when the Lord gives us something, we're, we're going to bring it out instead of sometimes holding. I know I used to. I'd hold on to it, and then, you know, it was too late or something else. So it's really awesome to hear how free, how free we're becoming. Freedom. Woohoo! Dominion. Now, also, uh, I've changed from how this originally was, uh, which I told <coughs> Lauren and uh, Stephanie on Friday, because while we were in worship, um, Stephanie had the reference about the Indian dancer and the headdresses. And, and um, this is really important for me because I, uh, I, I was a young Christian and I was powwowing with Indians all over the state. Um, I never got an Indian name or anything, but I always felt... <coughs> that the American Indian nation has a sense of spirituality, which is just amazing. And to have them become part of Christ's kingdom and Christ's people, we're going to get something very special. We're going to see something awesome out of these people. The, the taking back of the land and all the things that, you know, they've been through. Uh, I also wanted to... Uh, to mention about the um, the level of the closeness, at least once was among the American Indian people, that in fact the Lakota word for their own people was the people. Just we're the people. We're the people of Wankantanka. We're the people of God. Um, and as you walk, as they walk through uh, things, and I've, I. I've actually walked with, with Indians before during late night powwows. They're, they're just like, they, they pray for everything. They pray for a tree. They pray for blades of grass. They're, they're grateful for the stars. I mean, it's just such an amazing spiritual 
experience to just be around and to look at our world that way. They, they, they look at it as everything's a sp spirit-filled. It's just so awesome. It's filled with God. Also, talking about the dancer, um, they, they have sort of a tradition of um, where a, a dancer or um, some male will do something called, a, a, it's a giveaway, the Lakota do. And you, he'll get an inspiration. He'll get an inspiration from God, from Ankantaka, and he'll just give everything away, everything he owns. And then he'll do a spirit quest, and he'll try to um, see what God has a vision for the people, not just for him. He sacrifices for the people to hopefully get a vision for the people. Because as we know, without vision, the people perish. So I'm just, all those years ago, I felt something like this was going to happen. And now I see it. Also, as I, as I go into my message here, I, you know, the, not having to worry about coronavirus, Friday, it was just like, I feel like now, I don't know how you feel, all of a sudden something feels lifted. I think God is just going to change a lot of things that we were all maybe working on while this stay-at-home thing was going on. I think all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm really coming into something now. I, I feel different. I feel stronger. I feel more faithful. I feel like like our words, all, all I want to do is, is, is be like you. Um, I think it's a, it's a good way to, to feel after all this downheartedness. And I'm so happy to share that with you. So uh, all I can say is as we get into which wolf do you feed is do not fear. I know it's hard. We're going to talk about that. <clears throat> so, the which wolf do you feed took the place of you are what you eat because it's more of an Indian symbolic type thing. And um, this part of my series, um, the uh, scripture is Romans 8.31. And then what shall I say of these things if God be for us, who can stand against us? All these verses that I've read over in the past week for, for this message, they're so important for us to, to read over and over again and listen to and take to heart because what we have going on now <clears throat> is, is a time of, it, it's, it's weird, but there's fear that's going on that's being, um, people are almost being pushed into being fearful. Um, they're, they're lacking faith, and they hear, they hear things from all these different places. The media is all over it all the time, and it's mostly really depressing. It, it's, it's understandable that there's a lot of people who are living right now in fear. <clears throat> so in the Indian tradition, uh, I wanted to start off here with the story of the wolves. And this is a story of a Cherokee uh, grandfather. And his grandson comes to him and he says, Grandfather, who, who am I? I mean, I, sometimes I feel this way, sometimes I feel this way. And his grandfather says to him, 
Well, there's, there's a battle going on inside of each, each of us. There's two wolves that live in each person, and one is evil, it's angry, it's envious, it's jealousy, doubt, sorrow, regret, guilt, resentment, lies, inferiority, fake pride, and basically just really negative. But the other side is good, joyful, peaceful, hopeful, humble, loving, kind, benevolent, generous, forgiving, honest, compassionate, and full of faith. That's the positive side. And the grandson looks at him and goes, well, which one will I be? And grandfather said, the one you feed. That is so powerful. I know lots of pastors use that, but I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. <clears throat> so like we've been talking, we're living in a time of fear of COVID-19. Uh, we're living in fear for economic fear. In fact, many of us are, are so afraid to die of the virus, we've kind of stopped living. So I pray life. I pray life for all of those people now. Like we were talking about freedom, I pray for them to freedom to swing the doors open. Come on out. We need each other. We need each other right now. So during this message, I'm also sort of examining what fear does to us. Uh, fear causes health problems, shaking, stomach issues, high blood pressure, mental paralysis. And we've all been afraid. We all get afraid. God knows that oftentimes we're afraid. That's all there is to it. <clears throat> some of the difference be between getting some of these problems is you, if you move through it with faith, then all of a sudden you'll, you'll see you were back here, but you made it through the fear because that's where God sent you, and you made it. And now you're sort of in a different place. You're kind of like, I, I don't know, I just feel like today. I just feel better. I just feel like God's, God's moving and I'm, I'm facing some things. I, I know I have a lot more to do, but <clears throat> I'm so grateful that I think Daddy's kind of happy with me right now. I, um, the other thing that's so terrible about fear as we've seen through this whole virus thing and political issues and, and our economic uh, slowdown perhaps, is that fear grows like cancer. If you have a person over here who all of a sudden heard from this person over here that, oh, you can't, you can't stand on that podium, Brent, because somebody just was sneezed over there and if you go over there, you, you're going to probably die. I mean, it sounds absurd, but that's what I've been hearing everywhere. You walk into a store when some guy that probably was a really nice guy, but he's so afraid, he's like, sorry, you can't come in here without a mask. I'm like, seriously? There's only two people in the store. But I guess we needed enforcers. <clears throat> so I'm praying for those people. Like I said, we've got to throw those doors open right now. Joyce Meyer states that fear is the most potent weapon in Satan's toolbox. It, obviously, I mean, it does so many things to so many people. 
it twists us and and even things that aren't really there we start to imagine them so it causes saints to stumble and fall short of victories and all that God has planned for us an example of fear in God's people is uh, numbers 13 2 through 33 and excuse me, I didn't mark this too well, but I'll get it up here. And this is, uh, this is when Moses, my man, uh, when Moses uh, sent out to explore Canaan, to explore the land of milk and honey. And Moses sent out 12, 12 guys, one for each tribe. And they went and they checked it out and they were gone for about a week. <clears throat> and they came back and um, they had to report to, to all the people. So 12 guys stand up. And, you know, I think Moses must have been kind of excited, you know, because maybe this is, we're reaching the end of this. Well, 10 guys were so negative that all the Israelite population were like, <gasps> there was only two, Caleb and Joshua, that were positive. In fact, Joshua's, Joshua's like, let's go. I'm ready right now. So, so anyway, uh, I'll read. I'm not going to read all the names of the tribes because we don't have all day. But the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan which I am giving to the Israelites, the promised land, right? From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites, and these are their names, which we said we'd skip. <clears throat> so they found wonderful things, um, which, which we're going to discuss sort of in a negative light because that's the way 10 guys described it. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this, this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. <laughs> there's fruit but the people who live there this is where it gets uh, they're powerful and the cities are fortified and very large we even saw descendants of Anak there the Amalekites live in Negriv the Hittites, the Jebusites the Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan Caleb tried to stand up. He goes, he silenced the people before, and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for certainly we can do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. We can't attack them. They're big. <laughs> They're really big. Spread out among, and, and, and that grew among the Israelites in the crowd. They were like, we saw the Nephilim there you know, the giants. And, uh, and compared, to, compared to the descendants of Anak and the Nephilim, 
we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and to punctuate that they were going to be stomped if they went and, and attacked the, you know. <clears throat> now, I'm not sure that there weren't some powerful people. <clears throat> but what I'm trying to demonstrate here is that fear causes things to, you know, I'm sure you've heard stories from people that just keep growing and growing. It was terrible. It was the most horrible thing ever. That's what the Israelites started to go through. So the people rebel. They don't want to go. Even though it's God's will. Even though they should have had faith to go. Excuse me, I, I lost my place there for a moment. <clears throat> so, what happens now? If I can find my clicker, I'll tell you. Oh. Seriously, technology and I just are not getting along. <laughs> I see it now. I had it buried by the... Oh, wow. That's the end, though. That's the right one. I like this. Why, why did you guys think that I would? This is beautiful. Thank you. Can we give Cammy a hand, please? <laughs> Technology wasn't being good to me, but Cammy and my sister Stephanie were. So <laughs> I'm so pleased with that. <laughs> anyway. What's that? So <clears throat> for the progression here of what happens to the Israelites because of disobedience and fear, which maybe we're all somewhat going through, Isaiah 43, uh, verse 1, Don't fear, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Uh, that's really powerful. That's really powerful, especially right now, especially right now and what's going on here. So <clears throat> we're also addressing the fact that here's God working through, you know, he's been working with the Israelites all along. He promised them the, the, the land of milk and honey. They rejected it. And I want to point out that fear causes avoidance, and it also causes cognitive disability. In other words, has anybody been so scared that you're li literally, you start shaking? And you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach? I'm sure you, you're one of the bravest people I know. <laughs> yeah, look, tough. Uh, I mean, it's really palpable. I mean, if something scares you that bad, it's hard to think about anything. Or even thinking back to maybe Jackie can relate to this, that <clears throat> you go in and you're not that prepared for some big exam, and you're just shaking in your boots. You're going, man, why don't I study more? And all of a sudden, even the answers, even the ones that you knew, <laughs> it's kind of like um, uh, you, your mind goes blank. Your mind just goes blank. I've had that happen to me once in a while, a long time ago, <laughs> on stage, where I got up and there was 5,000 people, and all of a sudden my mind just went, <laughs> I couldn't remember what to play, what to sing. It came back really quick, but there was that momentary where I was scared. I was real scared. 
So having fear cause avoidance, well, the tribes just decided we're going to avoid the whole thing and wander for 40 years. I mean, that's pretty big avoidance. Can you, can you imagine, as, as we as a people, 40 years go by, children are being born, people are dying, and you're walking. They were literally like this for 40 years, going the same path. They, nev- they never altered. I, how, what were they thinking? Here's Jesus, or here's God guiding them, and they won't listen to anything. They uh, were sinning. They built idols. They tried to stone Moses and Aaron uh, because they were saying, look, you guys got to get it together. This is where we're supposed to be. So um, 40 years, children born, people die. And in 40 years, too, they didn't realize the ingratitude that they were living, gratitude is important for all of us. I, I'm going to point that out. In gratitude of being freed from Egypt, after Moses softened, and God softened Pharaoh's heart, and Moses said, let my people go. All these wonderful things have been done for them, and yet they prefer out of fear, not facing head on what God said, you're going to win. Well, they were like this for 40 years, just... Oh, it's, just, it's an amazing image that God's people were so disobedient that they couldn't figure out a way to get themselves out of it. Even with Moses saying, get rid of the idols, get rid of all this stuff. So, in gratitude, we did that. When has fear caused you to avoid your purpose? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's times, and others cause your, cause your fear. In other words, it's not only that you might be a little bit afraid, but you got some pal that's going, you say, well, I'm going to learn how to shoot, and they're, they're, they're like, you can't do that. You're going to shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, isn't that negative? That's, uh, that's uh, we're, we're all certain, we all know somebody, right? We all know somebody that you love them, but everything you say, they turn a positive into a negative, like in two or three <laughs> words. And you're like, you feel so frustrated, but you go, oh, well, if that's the way, I guess that's the way you want to see it. So <clears throat> I stole this from John Maxwell, but this is the story of the negative barber. And <clears throat> we have a pastor. He's been faithful. He's built his church and stuff. He's going to take his wife, finally on a vacation after years and years of hard work building the church. And he says, I need a haircut before I go. <clears throat> so he's sitting in the barber's chair, and the barber's making small talk, and he says, well, you know, got any plans coming up? What's happening? You know, like barbers always talk, and so are hairstylists, by the way. <clears throat> but um, they chat a lot. They're very chatty. So he goes, I'm so excited. I'm going to take my wife on a trip. And he goes, oh, where are you going? He goes, Rome. And the barber goes, Oh, really? He says, yeah, Rome. He says, you know, I've heard it's not a very safe place to go. And the guy's going, okay. He goes, well, so what airline are you flying? And he tells him the airline, and he goes, 
their safety record is terrible. You got to find another. You got to find another airline. And he goes, well, it's too late now. I got the tickets. You know, this is our pastor trying to going. I don't need to hear this right now. But and then he goes, well, where are you staying? He gives him the name of the hotel, and he goes, you know, I hear their service is terrible, and you can never get any towels. So and the pastor goes, okay. Well, while we were there, uh, we have an invitation to possibly uh, go see the Pope. And he goes, the barber goes, you'll never get in to see the Pope. He's a, he's a really busy guy. Who are you anyway? So, haircut's done. Pastor goes with his wife, has a great flight. He gets to the hotel. They have all the towels they could ever want. And by happenstance, he meets the Pope. And the pastor's just, everything the guy said was, was completely opposite of what actually happened. And um, the Pope's blessing him. He's putting his hand on his hair, and he goes, my son, my son, I know how much you've done for the Lord, and I appreciate it, and I lift you up. But next time you see me, could you get a better haircut? <laughs> <laughs> I just had to lighten you up with that. I love that story. Because it's, yes, I do have a good haircut. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we want to we keep in mind that negative people are also generally fearful. They have some reason why they're so negative. <sighs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> you know, Coach, that's true. <clears throat> the Bible says over 80 times, do not be afraid. Over 80 times. So God knew we would have fear. God knew we would have fear, and he knew we'd get on our knees and say, God, I'm really scared to do what you're asking me to do here. <clears throat> but I think it's kind of that plan, <clears throat> because <clears throat> every time we get down on our knees and we ask God, please, Father, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through it. I don't want to fight this. And yet, in faith, we move forward, our growth our faith, everything just grows exponentially. Now, one of the interesting things um, about 40 years, which we're going to come up here on soon, is that for 40 years, the Israelites avoided God's plan. 40 years later, where they wind up? Same spot. That's where they were, you know, like... I can just imagine this big circle they were traversing for 40 years. It's just amazing. So I love the fact that, I mean, 80 times, God knows we're going to be afraid. We must not, as the Israelites did, as much as possible, because I know sometimes, I know I put off things that I think are being done. But like I said, through this coronavirus thing, all of a sudden I feel myself like going, I'm going to take care of that, I'm going to take care of that, I'm going to take care of that. <clears throat> and I was talking to staff the other day on the phone. I just had this image when we were talking. I said, wow, you and I just take care of business now. You know, we used to chat a lot, and, and so we still do, but I'm just saying it seems like, and I, I like that new, that new powerful feeling. So we must not let fear hold us back from our God-given purposes. And by the way, Steve Furtick says, and I agree, the bigger your destiny the more the fear and the obstacles. Let us face our fear 
so we don't avoid our purpose for 40 years. I'm, you know, 120, I still got a little time. <laughs> a little time, little time, so. Yeah, I'm just getting warmed up, you know. Well, there's that Moses, what, he thought he was somebody for 40 years, then he was nobody for 40 years. Then he found out he could be somebody with God or what, somebody, yeah, anyway, that's close. I paraphrased it. So, did I go the right way? That is really good. I mean, I really like that a lot. So, the Israelites finally come to their senses. And uh, we have uh, 2 Timothy uh, verse, or chapter 1, verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Amen. End of story. So we're going to talk a little bit about facing fear and overcoming it. Um, along, I've read lots of lots of books <clears throat> over my life, and uh, Dune was one of my favorite trilogies when I was really young. Frank Herbert writes, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn my inner eye to see its path. And when the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain with God. That is one of the best quotes on fear because it's true. It's a little death. If you go around fearful all the time, it just kills you. That's all there is to it. So what happens now to Israel? Well, Moses dies. Can't blame him. 120 years, he's fighting over these people for 40. <laughs> Everything he did, like, all I do is do-do for you, and this is what you do to me. <laughs> so he, he turns the mantle over to Joshua. And, you know, you could have a whole sermon on Joshua because, man, he had a lot of work to do. An important transition going from, it was definitely God's timing that Moses went and Joshua came forward. He's kind of, now Joshua's not a spring chicken at this time either, but they lived a lot longer. But he had military experience. He was, let's get him. I mean, he had a very aggressive way of looking at going to the promised land you know he was he got tired of people saying well I don't know Joshua we don't have much of a military and there's no food and, and Joshua just was he was a go-getter he said I don't want to hear any more excuses <laughs> do you realize what's over there what we're missing so he finally got him convinced um, and a lot of being convinced was because not only did Moses pass, but finally in Deuteronomy, we see repentance of a people that had gone way astray. Not only repentance, but finally they realized, wow, we, had, we need to have a lot of gratitude for what God's done for us. I don't know how they forgot it for so long, but I guess we've seen that. So <clears throat> they got rid of the idols, and 
through repentance, which we've been talking about a great deal through this, this uh, past uh, couple months, through repentance and gratitude, God gave them a new confidence. All of a sudden, at first it was slow, but Joshua goes out and he wins some battles. I mean, there were not huge battles, but hey, <laughs> we'll take what we can get, right? <coughs> and then, of course, uh, <clears throat> God, you know, and <clears throat> there's a lot. Um, Stephen Furtick writes a lot about Joshua and uh, it must be one of his favorite char characters. But um, he writes that Joshua was certainly afraid because <laughs> what's he going to do? These people argue. They're, they're not really on his side. They don't really have any military experience. They're, they're, and he's going, God, how do you want me to do this? And basically, God just said, I'm going to do it. You're going to lead it. <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense. So um, after 40 years, as Joshua was finally moving forward, I just want to mention that they wound up, after 40 years, back at the same spot. And uh, what God wanted them to do all those years ago, they were doing it again. Sometimes we must go through God's lessons. We can avoid them. We can do what we want. He'll let us do whatever we want. But if we're going to move forward, if we're going to have the things that God really wants to, to, to give us, we got to go through it, not around it, over it, or under it. Or... 40 years later, you're going to be back at the same spot. God's going to say, I told you, you got to take the nation, so we got to do it now. It's amazing um, that God revealed this to me while I was looking through that. It makes so much sense, <clears throat> including my own life. There's times that I see, well, what am I doing here again? So I didn't do something. So um, he got the people to the promised land, which is, let's say it this way. Finally, they got to the promised land. Yay, God. And yay, Joshua. <laughs> and, and all the horns and stuff when they yelled around. The, that was cool. The Battle of Jericho. So, so by faith, this is, this is the end of my message. You know, I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm almost done now. <clears throat> but seriously, <laughs> I'm almost done. Okay. We live, and by faith alone, God will have us all come through, and we will all certainly do great things. Be not afraid, for I am with you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com.
If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.